Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, I'm excited. Why? Yeah, I got my shirt off because we got to put that stuff on. Put that stuff on. If you were asleep last night, you missed it. Her cousin took his shirt off, put on eight chains. We got to talk about that and the 7-1 Vikings. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Like I said on today's show, we got to talk about Kirk Cousins. No, I couldn't leave my shirt off for the whole show. It's cold. I didn't want to get, you know, I didn't need to have, you know, like, I, you know what happens when you get cold. I didn't need that. But Kirk Cousins, 7-1, and one, took his shirt off, dancing at Antonio. I never thought there would be a day Kirk Cousins would dance to an Antonio Brown song. Like, that literally is the universe flipping his axle and everything is going to go like crazy. Like, who knows what's going to happen? Like, like, Mars or Venus is in retrograde. Who knows? But Kirk Cousins... Dancing into an Antonio Brown song. Like, I don't know what's going on in the world. We don't know. Like, it's pets' heads are falling off. Like, this is crazy. Like, Thanos at some point is going to come back now because it's like, it, it, we have to. It has to, like, something has to get fixed. But clearly, Kirk Cousins had a ball. But before we jump into this Kirk Cousins 7 1 Vikings outfit, remember, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Go on your Roku TV. Click search, click Locked On Sports Minnesota, and you can see all the shows. You can see all the content. You can see me with my shirt off. You can see Kirk Cousins with his shirt off. I mean, this is it's gonna be a crazy month. But we have to talk about this, Sam. The Vikings are seven and one uh, on the Vikings fan line. A lot of fans weren't caught up with this win. Like they weren't bought into it completely. They're like, ah. We needed a kicker. Well, the kicker went two for two, won the game. Last week, everybody said we needed a new kicker because from 50 to 59, he was like one for five or one for six. He was the worst kicker in the NFL from 50 to 59. Now, everything else, he was legit. What happens? He wins the game twice. He won the game twice. I think that's the key. He kicked one, got a penalty, and Kevin O'Connell pulls a move that maybe a lot of coaches don't. People always say don't take points off the board just to put those same points on the board. But this is where it gets intricate and cool about a young coach who's innovative. He took the penalty, ran the clock out even more, and then kicked the same field goal with a couple runs that you could have had a butt fumble. You could have had a procedural penalty. You, I mean, who knows? Like, every Vikings fan was probably sitting there on their hands like, don't take the points off the board. He made the field goal. And then he does it. And then Dalvin Cook's trying to, like, inch to the middle, inch to the middle, just stay in the middle, fall down. One, I think Bill Belichick would have, picked Dalvin Cook up and took him into the end zone. Like, that's where I think the the Washington commanders weren't thinking straight. Like, let him score. Like, act like you're trying to tackle him, but then push him through to the end zone and carry him to the end zone. And then, you know, make it like a, a rugby scrum. And then you get the ball back with about a minute 30 to go, and you have a chance to tie it up and go to overtime or win with the two-point conversion. Kevin O'Connell runs the clock down to about 20-something seconds, kicks a field goal. That only leaves one play for uh, – or two plays for uh, Taylor Heineke. And the Vikings win. Uh, my three quick takeaways, Sam, is Daniil Hunter gets his two sacks, puts his hand in the ground. We talked about that. Standing up in 3-4 just probably wasn't his thing. Uh, another one was a big-time move 
for um, uh, what's his name, uh, Kirk Cousins to uh, TJ Hawkinson. It was a big time move getting him involved in this offense, like seven, uh, seven or nine catches. I think nine catches for 70 yards like that was huge as well. So when you look at all of that, those pieces to this pie and then, of course, the kicker already bought that up. His two field goals that that to me. Uh, and then Kirk's aggressiveness. Kirk taking some plays that probably weren't opportunistic sometimes. The fans were probably like, oh, don't make the throw. He makes it. They're 7-1. and one. At the end of the day, that's all we can ask for. I'm excited to see what's next because now you have the Buffalo Bills. Sam, what did you think about this game? The Vikings just keep doing it in the fourth quarter. And a lot of people have seen the Kevin O'Connell postgame speech. The Vikings posted every week. And O'Connell, he makes a good point. This team is playing its best when its best is required. They're, and they're, they're absolutely towing the line. They're waiting till the last possible second to play their best. But when they need to, this is a team that can flip a switch. Vikings haven't had that in recent years. They're the team that gets flipped upon. Other teams flip the switch and surge by them. The Vikings are the ones doing the flipping. And down by 10, Kirk Cousins, the biggest play of this game was Kirk Cousins taking a hard hit to the midsection, hitting Justin Jefferson deep on a third down. That completely turned the momentum. Vikings pulled within a possession. Then they got the interception. They tied the game. One-handed catch by Dalvin Cook. They get a stop, and then Greg Joseph comes through. That was offense, defense, and special teams all working together in the final 10 minutes of that game to win it for Minnesota. Um, and I thought, Ron, the defense was awesome. Like, if any of those three gets the most credit, I think the defense was great. Take off the play where the referee barrels into Cam Bynum, and they only gave up really 10 points in that game. It was a, a terrific performance. They were opportunistic. They got to the passer. Uh, I think that, that Ed Donatel unit, Ron, is really coming together nicely right now, and that's a big step for this team going forward. One of my favorite sacks was Daniil Hunter getting one-on-one with the tackle. We haven't seen a lot of that all season, and this is why. He put Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith on the same side. Zadarius standing up inside, Daniil in a wide nine. So that there allowed Daniil to put his hand in the ground like he's comfortable. He was shot out of a rocket. He got low, got bendy, put his shoulder down, tackle, try to push him to the ground, but we know his center of gravity, way too strong, way too fast. He gets around quick. Taylor Heineken had no shot, gets another sack, does his celebration, boom, kicks the door in. And so when you think about that, now, now this is the thing, and I know Daniel Hunter's not, not malicious, but it would have been funny if he had done the, like, kick the door in, kicked it, and then, like, act like he hurt his leg like Taylor Heineke. <laughs> but, but that's next level, like, I don't think Daniel would even be thinking that, oh, uh, but that's something savage. like a guy like a guy like Antonio Brown or some players would have done, like done like a kick through a glass, and they're like, "Oh, oh, my leg's bleeding," and they have a team carry him off. Like, but that that was, and then like some other big takeaways before we jump into the next, because we got we got Ben Gessling coming up next in the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Before we jump into that, quick ones, the celebration. Like, I loved the bowling ball celebration, and this is what's crazy if. If this defense did not feel like that interception was probably the dagger that's going to win this game, they probably don't do that celebration. Imagine doing that bowling ball celebration and then having an anemic offense where they're about to go out there and screw this thing up. Like, they felt like we this is our game. Because you don't celebrate like that when you're losing. Like, you don't. Like, if you're losing by two touchdowns, you get that pick, and Harrison Smith walks out and goes and sits on the bench and waits and hopes, hey, we get one more touchdown and we got one more chance. 
it's so much into this team and the belief. And then the fact that the entire team is gravitating to the quarterback, like your leader has to command the gravitational pull of the team. Meaning if he gets hit late, you're going to see guys run over and pick him up. You're going to see defensive guys have his back. If he gets treated poorly, you're going to see guys, if you get a media member making a comment about him, you're going to see guys have his back. I don't know if guys had Kirk Cousins back in the past where they were willing to run through a brick wall of fire to like protect him. I think the way he's acted, being cool, relaxed, saying, look, I don't care. Let's have some fun. Chris Boyd, you know, Cameron Dantzler, you got all those young Christian Darisaw, like his his background, like voice. You can hear him saying, Oh my God, I love this Kirk. Oh, like, what is going on? Like all of that kind of stuff. But even Kirk, like the very beginning of the video, this is what people are missing. The very beginning of the video, when they start putting the chains on him, he's looking down at him. He's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Like, you could just see he's like, dude, this is like $100,000 on my neck. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I like. Yeah. 100000 plus, you know, on my neck. And that's and that's one of the songs, too. 100 on my neck, 100 on my wrist. Because he, he, he had the diamond bracelets on, too. But, like, the fact that he's still, like, in awe. I mean, the dude's a millionaire. But he's in awe of, like, something he could easily go buy. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's why I love mm-hmm. the genuineness of Kirk Cousins. But we got to get to Ben Gessling because he has some good stuff coming up. I know he was at the game. He has a lot to break down with this Kevin O'Connell. Stefan Diggs in the Bills is going to come up as well. So stick around that with Ben Gessling. But remember, you you can um, – uh, sorry. But, hey, check out the Minnesota football party on Mondays and Thursdays. Get your Vikings fixed with Arif Hassan, Luke Emman, Luke Bryan, and Sam Ekstrom on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Also, lockedonpodcast.com backslash Minnesota. You can also go to YouTube. And this football party, I think I might take my shirt off again. So you're going to want to check that one out this Thursday because I think the shirt's going to come off again. It's going to be Kirko Johnson. I got to do it for the people, but we got to wear it from our sponsors. BetOnline.net, Ron. It's your number one source for football betting and NBA betting this season. It's also NHL. We just had the World Series going forward. It's MMA, boxing, and golf. It's everything at betonline.net. I was really intrigued to look at that Bills-Vikings line for Sunday. The Bills are favored by 7.5 points. No one believes in the 7-1 and one Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we'll see if that line shifts at all as the week goes on. Over under 48 in Buffalo Sunday at noon. That's a massive game. And you know what? You can get all your wagering information at betonline.net. Figure out when you want to sneak in and make that wager. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Now it's time for the uh, Hang with Ron Johnson segment. Today's guest, Minnesota fan favorite, Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune. Uh, ben and I know each other through Apple Valley. My wife right. ran track at Apple Valley. She coached there. Ben is now the uh, cross-country coach. Uh, so we met on that, and then all of a sudden, I think, what, eight years ago, nine years ago, uh, Vikings Game Day Live was created. Uh, started getting more involved with Viking sports and uh, go for sports, of course. Uh, but we got Ben Gessling joining us. Ben, I got to jump out there right away. The, the, this Kirk Cousins, uh, Kirko. As because uh, I was on the uh, Pat McAfee show last week, and 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 the whole Kirko, Kirky, whatever you want to call him, he got on the plane and took his shirt off. Like this is a new, yeah. this is like the Aaron Donald version of Kirk Cousins now. Shirt off, chains. You know he's doing the dances. You know he's pulling the mask on. Yep. He's putting yep. that stuff on with Antonio Brown. I mean, he's doing it all. Like where, what do you attribute to this like loose Kirk Cousins you're seeing right now? I think a lot of it is 
the the change with the coaching. I think there is a different relationship with Kevin O'Connell. I think there's a, a little bit of a permission to say, hey, go be a little bit of a dork. I mean, he's, you know, he's, I think he admits that and kind of has leaned into that probably a little more this season of you can kind of be the dad that's everybody's kind of rolling their eyes at and laughing at, but if you're kind of laughing at yourself, it's fun. So He's, I think, had a little bit more permission to do that. You've heard Kevin O'Connell talk a lot about we go as our quarterback goes. There is a level of empowerment there that I don't think existed with Mike Zimmer. They just didn't see things the same way. Zimmer didn't see Cousins the same way I think that O'Connell does. And the fact that O'Connell played the position probably matters too. So I think overall there's just a little bit more freedom for Kirk both on the field and certainly off of it to say do what you do and that'll be good enough for what we want. And we talk about Kevin O'Connell, you know, again, different voice. Uh, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but he's an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, he's yeah. going to be sitting over there with the offense. But I-, I caught something sneaky that, you know, on the Rams broadcast, and I'm going to talk about this with Sam uh, a little later as well in the Daily Three, but the Rams broadcast uh, showed the left guard standing up. So the center is down over the ball, left guard stands up. Now yep. that job is on Ezra Cleveland. And so people are saying like, oh, Ezra Cleveland struggled a little bit, but he's got a lot more on his plate compared to what Garrett Bradbury has because he's kind of the get it going. Okay, we're set, protection set. He's looking at the quarterback, anything changes. Uh, what what do you think has attributed to that like control from you know from even Ezra Cleveland now taking a bigger role on this offensive line? Well, I think a lot of it has been they there's a lot more happening at the line of scrimmage. There's just more adjustments, I think, happening both for Cousins and the linemen, like you mentioned. And we, I think, have seen more of that. I think that there's been a, a couple of variations. I remember, I think, Brandon Fusco doing a little bit of that back in, an, in a system years ago. But they are putting more on players to say, we trust you to make adjustments at the line. We trust you to carry out the system and execute it in a way that works for you. I think there's a little more put on players during game day just because uh, O'Connell has talked about this. He said, we need players that can execute it and have some range to say, I know this is the way that things are supposed to be called, but if I see something on the field that needs to be adjusted or needs to be tweaked a little bit, that I have the ability to go do that. So I think there's more of that probably going on and and they're probably starting to see different fronts. So O'Connell mentioned that a little bit yesterday too, that you're seeing teams attack their front a little bit differently. So I think some of it's just leaning on players to adjust to what they're seeing on the field and, and kind of make the changes they go. And I said this offense was a feast or famine offense. That's what I call it. I, I feel like one player is going to feast and the rest of the players are going to get table scraps. Uh, and that was before you added TJ Hawkinson. Now TJ Hawkinson is added to the mix. Nine catches, 70 yards in his debut. Tuesday night at 10 p.m., he came in to learn the playbook. And by Sunday, and I I know exactly how he got it figured out so quickly, uh, but he was able to get it figured out quickly. When you think about now that feast or famine mentality, Justin Jefferson, 115 yards, TJ Hawkinson, you know, nine catches, 70 yards, Adam Thielen, only three catches, KJ Osborne, not a lot, Dalvin Cook, kind of, you know, hey, we're going to run the bar once in a while, CJ Ham not really playing. 
Uh, does this put even more strain on some of these other pieces now that Kevin O'Connell, because it reminds me of like, I, I can't remember the kid's name for the movie, but Toy Story. It reminds me of like, you know, you get the new toy. And so all of ben? a sudden Woody was like your favorite. And then oh, I got a new toy. Like I'm gonna go play with these toys yeah. Christmas day. But then you, you always got to come back to your favorite at some point, but TJ Hawkinson in these next two games, the bills and the Cowboys uh, is going to be pretty important. But but how do they manage the other players who aren't going to get the ball as much? Yeah, yeah, I think the kid was Andy. Sid was the kid that like took all the toys and did all the weird like <laughs> taking body parts off and kind of making a Frankenstein thing out of it. So Andy, I think Andy's the the, the guy you're looking for there. It but, was Andy because yeah, he wrote the name under the, the under the dial. Yep, you're right. Yes, yes, yes. But it, it has been a short bench. I, I noticed that in the snap counts this morning. They are not, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I think, played 85% of the snaps. And this is a guy that has had some injuries. And they've talked about, let's try to take some of the load off of him. But they really haven't done much of that. So, yes, there is certainly a a short group of players that they lean on offensively. And and that can create problems both if there are injuries and both just because they don't, they're not the team that's going to go throw the ball to 10 or 11 different guys. You're not going to see Cousins stats on a game day say he had all of these different guys that got targets it's he tends to be a guy that leans on the guys that he trusts and that tends to be Jefferson Thielen KJ Osborne to an extent I think you're going to see Hawkinson grow into that but I think that's also part of the reason why Hawkinson was such an important addition because even when Irv Smith was healthy they weren't getting great production out of that tight end spot and you needed somebody else to kind of be a counter when teams are floating all of their coverage toward Justin Jefferson and saying, we're not going to let this guy beat us. And Justin Jefferson still is going to have chances to get his. He's that good that even when he has coverage coming at him, he's going to make contested catches. He's going to get one-on-one matchups and win them like we saw yesterday. But they needed another piece to make defenses pay if they lean too much on Jefferson. I think Hawkinson will grow into that more. I mean, that post route he ran at the beginning of the game yesterday, that was one of the bigger contributions they've gotten from the tight end position all season. And that's yeah. after, like you said, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours of chance to learn the offense. I think as he grows into it, he's going to get better and he's going to be an awfully important piece for this team, I think, in the second half of the season. Yeah, when you look at TJ Hawkinson, you know, you talked about his contribution early. Is this the last we've truly seen of Irv Smith? Like if the Vikings can figure out compensation to make TJ Hawkinson happy to stay here with Kirk Cousins, you know, maybe on one year deals going forward, kind of like Tom Brady, um, you know, Adam Thielen might move on if KJ Osborne becomes your two or you can get Adam Thielen to take a friendly deal. But do you think uh, this this is going to be kind of a detriment to Irv Smith or do you think they're going to find a way to just make Irv tight end two and then maybe a guy like Johnny Munt long term doesn't stay? Yeah, it's going to be interesting after this year because Irv Smith's a free agent at the end of the year. T.J. Hawkinson is signed for 2023 uh, just based on the fact that he was a first-round pick. He's got that fifth-year option. So Mm -hmm. I don't think it sets up terribly well for Irv to have a major role here next year simply because he's going to want to go out in free agency and and hasn't really done enough to say, give me a multi-year contract. I I wouldn't expect that he's going to have a terribly big market, but – the way they set up with Hawkinson also probably makes it that Hawkinson at the very least for next year as a starter. And then you try to figure things out from there. I, I guess I could see a situation where if Irv said, I want to be back here because I know the offense, I know the coaching staff, this is still a place where I fit in well. And then maybe I go take another swing at free agency 
2024. I, I think I could see that more likely than anything long term, simply because he's not going to be the favored guy. And I, if Hawkinson is used the way we're talking about the rest of this year, he's going to make himself a priority going forward. I, Johnny Munt is a guy they brought in to be a blocking tight end. They probably needed more from him as a receiver than they probably thought they would have to ask for. But Johnny Munt is here to be kind of what we saw him do yesterday, where it's, hey, two tight end sets, you need a, a second guy on the line of scrimmage in a two in a two tight end set, or it's on the field with CJ Ham for a few snaps. That's the role he's going to play. If they felt like they needed Irv Smith back, and if Irv Smith felt like this is a good fit, I could see it next year. But a long-term deal, I think at this point, is probably not in the cards, especially when Hawkinson is signed and, and may do enough to get his own long-term deal. And when you think about this offense, Kirk Cousins, Brett Favre for years, people hated how Brett Favre would just carelessly sometimes make throws, uh, make some throws yeah. that were ill-advised, or you know he would take chances. Kirk Cousins is starting to take those chances. You saw the deep over to, to, to Justin Jefferson, probably could have led him a little bit more to the sideline, underthrew him a little bit. Uh, you can see the frustration uh, in Justin Jefferson, but also then Justin Jefferson realizing, like, damn, I'm wide open. This could have just hit me. I mean, if I just catch this ball downfield, yeah, yeah. there's like it's my fault, too. Like, I can't get mad that he underthrew me because I still had a chance to make a play. Uh, the fade round, Benjamin St. Juice uh, versus Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson does get held a little bit, becomes an interception. But Kirk is given – these guys, these 50-50 opportunities, mainly Justin Jefferson. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll yes. see TJ Hawkinson eventually start to get some of these. Um, do fans need to just be okay with that, though? Because I saw some frustration online of people. Of course, Twitter is the worst place to look. But, you know, yeah. people say, oh, That's here we go again. Game. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins throwing interceptions. Do fans need to just shut up and kind of, like, be okay with Kirk Cousins throwing interceptions and making some of those YOLO throws. Like, I don't think I ever thought Kirk would be a YOLO guy, but also didn't yeah. think he put on, like, eight chains and take his shirt off. <laughs> but he's becoming a, a YOLO guy every once in a while. Like, is this the way that Kirk down the stretch can win big games by being a YOLO type of guy? Well, I think some of that goes to how they're asking him to play. I mean, they have talked about wanting him to be a little bit more aggressive. And he said it, I think, during – OTAs or minicamp, I'm trying to remember when it was, but he had a ball that he, I mean, he talked about this, that he would typically come off of Justin Jefferson and O'Connell told him, I want you to stay on him a little bit longer in your progression, kind of to give him a chance. So I, I think there's a little bit more of an understanding that if you want to be more aggressive, this is going to be the cost of doing business from time to time. So, they, I mean, they, there's the segment of Twitter that gets mad that Cousins isn't taking <laughs> shots downfield, that the, the air yards aren't there. You're going to get mad about some of these things. O'Connell, for what it's worth, I asked him about that play yesterday. He said, I'm proud of Kirk for throwing that ball. He said, sometimes that's going to happen. And he said, maybe you want to realize in that situation, it's not the last play of the half. If you don't like it, you know, you can, you can probably Monday morning quarterback that a little bit, I suppose. But if you don't like it, say, we're going to live for the next play. But overall, I think they want him to take those shots. And the, and the first touchdown was a very similar thing where, he throws it to the back of the end zone, trusts Justin Jefferson to go up over Benjamin St. Just to make the play, and he did. So, yeah, I think you're going to see that happen, and I think they're kind of okay with it. I don't think Cousins is ever going to get to the point where he's reckless, like maybe you saw Favre do at times during his career. But <laughs> if they nudge him a little more towards take a chance, make some of those 50-50 throws, make the YOLO throws, put the chains on, I think – they're okay with kind of what they get. And, and even if there's an occasional interception, I don't think they're going to be terribly upset about it. If the balance of it is a more assertive quarterback and a more effective offense. 
Yeah, and, and so when you look at Kirk Cousins, too, I mean, if you think about that, Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, if Benjamin St. Juice doesn't grab that left arm, that's a catch. But also, Justin yeah. Jefferson should have yeah. violently, like, went up with his hands. It felt like he was trying to maybe basket it a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. in my opinion, I think Justin Jefferson makes that play eight out of ten times. So, I'm okay with it. Uh, from a contrarian standpoint, we got to do this. Do you think Kirk Cousins has set the bar way too high taking his shirt off after a victory over the Washington Commanders? Like, if you beat the Bills and you beat the Cowboys, like, what? Well, I mean, does he just know. have to get butt naked? Right. Does he just get butt naked and Will Ferrell that thing and say, we're going streaky? <laughs> like, what? What could Kirk, like, how do you, how do you top that? Like, what's next? Add a hat to it? Like, I mean, he's already put the, the glasses on. Like, yeah. where, where does he go if he continues to win? Because we remember the uh, the old Major League movie where they stripped the clothes off their yeah. owner yes. and eventually got her down to a bikini after every win. Um, Kirk Cousins went from jacket off to just T-shirt and sweatpants, uh, yep. T-shirt tucked in with the one chain. Uh, then he had two chains. Then he had three chains. Now he's got eight chains and no shirt. So where does Kirk Cousins go from here, like, I mean, it's butt naked the next step for Kirk Cousins, or like at least in his underwear. I mean, like, where, where are we going with this? I, well, I, you'd hope, or you think, maybe hope, that some of that yesterday is I beat my old team. We came back on the road. <laughs> this is a special occasion. But if you go in and beat the Bills next week, that's going to be a special occasion too. So hopefully uh, those that were streaming that on their, their personal social media pages, if he does go there, They'll be smart enough to film from the waist up, and we can just kind of assume the rest of it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I thought that too. It was like I don't know where you go from here. I I think at some point somebody is going to help him get his own chain. I would think that'd be the next step. Maybe it's a grill. I don't know. <laughs> but I uh, said that on my show. Like, so if it happens, I put that into the ether. Like I said that to I think Josh Metellus maybe. But no, the chain, I said, everybody, yeah. you got 53 players on that team. And I told Josh Metellus this on my show. I said, you got 53 players on this team. If everybody put up a hundred bucks, which is nothing to a bunch of millionaires and, and not everybody's yeah. millionaires. Some guys are hundred, hundred thousand heirs. You like, they're making $400,000. So a hundred bucks, they spend that on like gum. So a hundred mm -hmm. to 200 bucks as a gift to their quarterback for Christmas. That's 10 grand. If everybody puts, and then you got guys that make like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, they're making a lot, like they can put up a thousand dollars for the quarterback, but Kirk 10 grand would get him a nice, Kirk makes it, but you don't want him to have to pay for his own chain. Sure, but you get sure. him a nice okay. eight, you know, you get him a nice Kobe Bryant infinity eight. So, you know, you can yeah. get the eight with some kind of infinity, the circle, make it spin, do whatever. But 10 grand, I'm pretty sure Continental Diamond or some jeweler is willing to give him a deal on it too. And Kirk has his own chain. He says it's empowering when he puts it on. Uh, but I, but I give you this. There it goes right there. Like you you gotta love the empowerment that he's feeling there. Oh and you you're right. But the funny thing is, so many people were saying like, oh, I thought Kirk would be the first guy to have a dad bod. Uh, you know all the stuff, and he's he's got abs. He's ripped up. Like Kirk is like Captain America after he took the serum. Like you so you assume he's this scrawny <laughs> guy. Then he takes the serum. And that's what Captain, you know, that's what he ends up looking like. And you're like, oh, okay, he really is Captain America. You know, like he hasn't taken his shirt off in a while. But this is what I actually did. Buffalo Bills coming to town. Or, I'm sorry, they're going to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, do you think if Kirk Cousins had acted this way, that might have helped Stephon Diggs? Like, because he talked about wanting to have a relationship with his quarterbacks, X, Y, and Z. Do you think that yeah. would have helped keep Stephon Diggs around if him and Kirk maybe had this type of relationship where he was goofy, willing to have fun, uh, knowing my quarterback's got my back, even if the front office doesn't. 
Boy, that's interesting because I, I just don't know that there would have been the structure for him to act this way. I think you kind of have to look at all of it. I, I just I can't see him being this way with Mike Zimmer as the coach. Right. I just don't think it would have flown. Right. And and I think some of it with Diggs, some of it was Cousins, yes. Uh, some of it was also just the the structure of the system. I think he felt like we're not throwing the ball enough. We're not using me the right way. And, and uh, you kind of go from there. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think – Everybody has felt a little bit of that with him of, hey, just just be yourself a little bit more. Yeah. And even if yeah. that is kind of the guy that everybody laughs with and you can laugh at yourself, that's OK. But yeah, I mean, that might have helped if he was a little bit more. I mean, Dix has a great relationship with Adam Thielen, who I would not say is going to be on the cover of GQ anytime. No, soon. so no, there's no. It, it can work. But yeah, I think I think it might have helped. But I, I think overall, the structure for him to be like this and. And kind of have fun with it and all of this stuff too we should mention is when you're seven and one and, and you're winning everybody's having fun exactly this stuff doesn't play if you're losing two or three in a row so some of it is that I, I it's just everybody's feeling good at the moment everybody's kind of making the most of it we'll see where it goes but yeah the the chain would probably be a better next step for him than some of the other possibilities we've discussed <laughs> And last one before we get you out of here, Ben, uh, real quick, 7-1 Vikings. I've gotten this question a bunch, again, on the Pat McAfee show. Darius Butler texted me about this, too. Ryan Clark bought it up. Um, is this 7-1 Vikings team for real, or are people still waiting for the other shoe to drop? Like, why have fans not gravitated towards this team to be in the NFC Championship versus the Eagles? Is this a, like, hey, the Vikings are going to be the Vikings eventually. Something's going to go wrong. Well, I think it's it's probably a little bit of the fatalistic thing, and it's probably also people saying they haven't had that really emphatic really impressive win i mean the one against the packers i would say qualifies as that the way they played in week one mm -hmm. but other than that it's been kind of these these games where they have lulls and they have to kind of bail themselves out late so you say we haven't seen the the kind of really statement type win yet i mean you're if they're able to win i think either of these next two you're going to have one of those types of wins but there's also just there's a lot of teams in the nfc that aren't terribly complete i mean you see the packers having trouble obviously the bucks the rams there's a lot of these teams that you would say have the pedigree that aren't looking that great right now so i think some of it is if you go out i mean either you beat the bills or beat the cowboys at home or go blow somebody out that probably solves some of these things but you know it, it's probably still the vikings thing it's probably still everybody trying to decide if they buy cousins or not i think there's some of those things that go into it but uh, i i will say this i think by the end of this month we're going to have a lot better idea when it's the Bills, the Cowboys, and then the coach you want to see on a short week, if you were going to make a list of it, is probably not Bill Belichick. I don't think that would be the right. first guy you'd want to say, I've got four days to prepare for this dude, and knowing what he knows, this is going to be an easy matchup. That's not something you're ever going to say about Belichick. So if you go out these next three and handle them well, I, I think some of these questions about whether they're for real or not are going to probably go away. Well, thank you, Ben Gessen, for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. But remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a par proud partner with Care 11. Check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our Locked On shows. And check out Superior Sports Talk's Reggie Wilson bringing you sports every night on Care 11. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks for making the Ron Johnson Show your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.
Ron, the Vikings lead the division by four and a half games. Ben Gessling, our most recent uh, guest on this show, he had a scenario on Twitter. The Vikings can clinch the NFC North on Thanksgiving if they win yep. the next two, Packers and Bears lose the next two. That's crazy. And you know why they're up by four and a half games? The Green Bay Packers lost again. They lost to the Detroit Lions in Detroit 15-9. to Aaron Rodgers threw three picks in the red zone. Ron, what is your take on the ailing Green Bay Packers? Yeah, well, we brought that scenario up on uh, Vikings fan line last night first. Uh, we were the first to figure that out. Uh, myself, Eric Norquist, Meat Sauce, Paul Lambert, um, and Corey Cove. And so when we were going through that, we were thinking the same thing. And this is why. So we were selfishly thinking about our December. Our December for the last eight years has been, you know, on pins and needles at some times, like, where are we going to finish? Where do we have to do for just January? Can we plan a vacation? Can da, 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 you know, all this other stuff. Um, you know, I got family trips planned to go to Mexico and all this stuff in February. So where are we going to fall? Are we Super Bowl bound? Are we NFC Championship bound? Um, so we were all joking around about, like, imagine, like, leaving Viking Stadium on the night after Thanksgiving, or the well, yeah, I guess it'd be the next day because it'd be midnight for us because we'll still be doing fan line to probably 12.30 in the morning. Uh, but imagine leaving the stadium, going back, like a quick Black Friday shop because I think they stopped the store something like 2 a.m., give or take. Uh, but you're walking around seeing all the, uh, the, the elation of the fans realizing they're NFC North champs. Um, that would be cool. And, and, and it's actually probably could happen when you look at who the Packers still have to play and who the Bears play. Like, it could happen. But the Vikings do have a tough schedule, and I think that's the difference. It's, it's likely, but it's not very likely when you look at the Cowboys, the Bills, uh, and the, like you said, the Patriots. I'm, I'm being a little bit of a contrarian just because I know how good the Bills are, and I want to see how this Vikings team's match, match up against their offense. But the Packers, like when you look at their future and, and you talk about can the Vikings clinch, I don't think they'll clinch by Thanksgiving, but I hope they prove me wrong. But the, the, the Packers' future at three and six, Odell Beckham just brought up he wants to get picked up by a team and be able to live there. You talk about the Cowboys, the Bills, the, uh, the Giants, and the uh, Packers. Packers, no, because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be there for long, so you don't want to build a house with Jordan Love. Um, the Bills, no, because they're not going to be able to pay you and Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Like, it doesn't work that way unless you're willing to take a friendly deal. Uh, the Cowboys, possibly, but CeeDee Lamb is going to want some money coming up pretty soon, so you're going to be wide receiver too. Do you want to do that? I think the Giants is the best. Like, a reunion with the Giants is probably the best for him. Daniel Jones seems like they're going to be it. The Bowl seems like he has his team playing well. I think that's the key for Odell Beckham. So where does that leave the Packers? Without Odell Beckham, without a receiver, Aaron Rodgers probably wants to retire. I, I think the Packers are going to take a step back. But this is a good thing for the Packers. The Lions aren't any better. And the Bears maybe might find a way which Clay, Chase Claypool now and Justin Fields see what he can do athletically. But I think the Packers are going to be fighting for number two spot for a while if the Vikings can find a way to keep Kirk Cousins on this roster with T.J. Hawkins and over the other guys. But I, I just I just don't know. I think the Packers – I'm not saying they're done, but – it, it, they, their life goes with Aaron Rodgers, and if he wants to quit, then that's it. Yeah, so in that clinching scenario, Packers have to lose to Cowboys-Titans, which very well could, could happen. happen. might Titans actually be harder for the Bears. Like, the Bears have Lions-Falcons, and the Vikings would need mm. them to lose those games as well. That's a little tougher. Um, Lions and obviously beat the Packers, Vikings. so they might have some uh, – they might yeah. have a little juice now. 
Falcons are good Fields, though. Cordero Patterson's Cordero Patterson's back, so they look good. All right, moving on. T.J. Hawkinson, you talked about this with Ben. Nine catches, 70 yards, caught all of his targets. What a debut. My question to you, Ron, in the final nine games of the season, could T.J. Hawkinson be the number two receiver on this team behind Justin Jefferson? Statistically or just go-to? Uh, either or. You, you interpret it how you want. So go-to, yes, he will be. He will be the number two go-to receiver behind Justin Jefferson the rest of the way. Like you see, Kirk Cousins bought it up today. Uh, I think that the, we we had an interview last night because Tatum Everett, Paul Allen, they're in the locker room after the game and Ben uh, Lieber. So we get a lot of the interviews on our broadcast after the use. And uh, I think it was PA with Kirk. And he was just saying, um, this is something that I haven't seen in a while, like big, long arms, tall, long frame. Like he was talking about him like he was a, a horse that he was about to buy and he just couldn't believe that he had it. You know, it was like a, or a Christmas gift. It's like, it's just so, it's so awesome. Like, you know, and that's, that's where, you know, like the, the whole Instagram thing where that little kid's like, corn, it's corn. I love it. You know, like, it just felt like that's what Kirk Cousins was saying. Like, it's a tight end. I just love it. Like, he's so tall and big and his, his catch radius. And so, yes, he Kirk is enamored by the size of TJ Hawkins, the ability, the, his ability to throw him that middle of the field route, and he can catch it. And he can put it in different spots. He can throw it away from the defender because he has long arms. Irv Smith's arms weren't that long. He wasn't that tall. He wasn't that big. Um, and so he's just – he's he's getting – Johnny Munt wasn't that athletic or isn't that athletic. Uh, TJ Hawkinson gives all of that to you. Athleticism, speed, uh, the, the catch in the flat even. just It was simple. Justin Jefferson and him were in the same spot. Both guys pick wrong and pick Justin Jefferson. He's wide open in the flat. It was like a comfortable, easy throw and catch. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, he might drop it. Like nothing against Irvin Johnny Munt, but some of those times we saw they actually did drop those balls. Like those flat routes where they have to kind of turn and run full speed and catch it this way. They were, I think Johnny Munt dropped one earlier this year. And so that's the things that, like, Kirk Cousins is like, oh, man, it felt so good to throw it to a tight end and not have to worry about if he's going to drop it or not if I just put it in his area. So, yes, I think he is going to become Kirk's go-to number two receiver. Statistically, um, we'll see. Adam Thielen has a nice lead on him. But who knows? If this guy has nine catches a game the rest of the way and Thielen only has three, then, yeah, he's going to become – because – he will get a lot of those like dump offs, those middle of the field, third, you know, second and four. He's gonna run a six yard route. Like, yes, it's gonna it's gonna go to him. He's gonna be two. I don't know. But what do you think, Sam? Uh, if we just start them at zero and say going forward, who has more yards, Hawkinson or Thielen? I kind of lean Hawkinson. The Thielen confuses me right now with this injury situation because yeah. he goes down once a game. And one of these times, he's not going to get back up. One of these times, he's going to, to not be able to return. I don't know how he's doing it. He, he it's practices a bruise. all week. It's just a bruise. It's a bruise. So pain tolerance? Is that is that yeah, what? Yeah, that's it. What, that's why he has, a huge pad, he has a huge pad yeah. over it. So it's just a knee bruise. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it seems like it's serious every time, and then he's right back on yeah. the field. Oh, it hurts like um, hell, but it's a knee bruise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Vikings Bills. Let's get into this a little bit. Bills are favored by seven and a half. They lost mm -hmm. to the Jets yesterday, though, Ron. Uh, yeah. It's Stefan Diggs. It's Gabe Davis. It's Josh Allen. Dawson Knox. I mean, everyone on that Bills offense scares you a little bit. What's your er yep. What are your early takes on this game? What do you think this is going to look like? Uh, well, the way the Vikings have been playing, I, I think the Vikings cover. 
Like, I, I think if they lose, they lose by three or six. I think the Vikings cover. So for those jumping on bet online right now, I, I'd hammer it early. I'd hammer the Vikings to cover early because as the week goes, my guess is it's going to get closer and closer uh, to more like five and a half, six. But right now, I would take that seven and say the Vikings will cover because the Vikings always come back and fight to get in every single game this year. They're built that way. So uh, they are a scary team. Uh, but again, TJ Hawkinson is a new element that we have not seen. And now he's going to have a full week to kind of learn more of this offense. Uh, he's going to have a full week to dial up some TJ Hawkinson red zone opportunities. Like Kevin O'Connell said, you thought he used them a lot this week. Now he has a full week to play with them. Like he is going to, I mean, because he's going to be up late anyway with this new baby changing diapers, helping the wife out, feeding late at night if he has to, or, you know, making sure she gets up to feed. Um, so he's going to be in the office just working on plays too for TJ Hawkinson and like, you know, putting him and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in a bunch and saying, good luck. You know, because if you put KJ Osborne back, because he had Adam Thielen backside a lot last week. Uh, but if you put KJ Osborne backside now, now it's a less, you get even less eyes over at KJ Osborne and more eyes on the bunch. Now you got KJ Osborne every once in a while. Hey, if it's there, let's run a double move with KJ. Let's, let's get him going on the post corner because teams always forget about KJ Osborne and he makes a big play every other week. And so this is that every other. This is KJ Osborne's chance now to say, hey, like I'm going to run a jet sweep. But it's, it's so much to this offense and it's so much to this game. Uh, it's exciting. Like I think from a defensive standpoint, you got to watch Josh Allen because he runs the ball, like truly runs the ball like a running back. Like he's stiff arms, guys. He is, is not a slide to the ground quarterback. So you got to bring your lunch pail. You got to bring your helmet. You got to hit him in the mouth because he is going to go. Like he is going to run the ball. So you don't need to just throw a shoulder to him. You got to wrap him up like a running back because he's stiff armed the crap out of three people this year already. So I'm excited for it. There's no answer for what this game is going to be because you just don't know. But, but I'm excited to see Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs on the same field. Me too. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, I, I watched the highlights. Even in defeat yesterday, Josh Allen still has some mesmerizing highlights with his legs. Yeah. You cannot get into a battle of punts with the Buffalo Bills because, like, the couple, you know, Miami game or yesterday, when the teams are going back and forth punting the football, the Bills are not going to do that. Like, if the Vikings punt six times in a row, the Bills are going to score four touchdowns. You can't expect to let – the Bills aren't just going to be that anemic on offense. So Minnesota's right. offense has to show up, and I'm encouraged by the way that the Vikings' defense has come together, that they might have a chance – to slow those guys down, but you got to have the offense show up. You can't have a lapse where you punt six times in a row or else you're going to be on the wrong side of a blowout pretty fast. Yeah, hybrid 3-4, I think that's the key. Daniel Hunter being able to put his hand in the ground as an outside linebacker, but put his hand in the ground, I think that was the key to this past game. And so with Josh Allen, you got to do the same, keep him in the pocket. But that'll do it for today's Ron Johnson show. We want to thank Ben Gessler for joining us in the Hang on Ron Johnson segment. We want to thank all the sponsors, all the viewers, our listeners. Remember, Make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. We're so close to our goal for this month, but make sure you go subscribe, share, like, tell your friends about it. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcast reactions after every game, the Vikings press conferences, where you can watch Kevin O'Connell tell everybody about Kirk Cousins' chains. And we're going to be delivering the biggest news. Like our videos, leave your thoughts and comments in the section below, and let us know, what do you think? Are you a fan of the new Kirk Cousins shirt off, WWE-type mentality, or do you wish old Kirk would come back with his briefcase in his backpack. 
You let us know, but have a great day.